This is Tim K. H. Otter, author and podcast producer on Rising Tide, an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. And you're listening to a Once Upon a Time fan podcast. Like a cool breeze coming down from a frozen hill, you are listening to an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here he is, Darius. Teddy. From the Chillin' Podcast Studios in the frozen hills near Storybrook, I am Teddy the Yeti, and you are listening to the cool sounds of the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. So, ladies, gentlemen, reindeers, and warm-hearted snowmen, Once Upon a Time Podcast.com and Rony Zone Media present the hosts of the coolest Once Upon a Time Podcast ever. Put your hands and paws together for Jeff and Colleen Roney. Welcome, everyone. Hello. And have it. It's a day after Halloween, and it is... All Hallows Eve. All so, Hallows Day. So... Because Halloween is All Hallows Eve. Right. So, happy All Hallows Day. Yes. And... Or All Saints Day, but yeah. Yes. So, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, whatever day it is, happy that. <laughs> and this is episode 250. The, and the show notes for this episode can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com. Slash 250. I'm kind of impressed that we've done 250 shows. 250 shows. That's and surprising to me. I didn't realize it was that many. I I didn't know whether we should make a big deal out of 250 or Well, it's kind of not. a it's kind of a, you know, milestone. Let's plan something for 300. I don't know. Sure. Something. Okay. So, welcome everyone to the main show for the episode entitled Breaking Glass. Yeah. So we smash. We're gonna dive in a little bit to some information and some great feedback. I do want to quickly discuss something. We have our good friend listener Ken up in Steveston. Mm-hmm. He sent an email and he said that Steveston's basically been a buzz with all kinds of filming everywhere. There's a lot of great shows that are being filmed up there. Yeah. But there is something called Backstrom. It's a Fox TV series that's filming there from the creator of Bones. And mm-hmm. I know you've watched Bones. Yeah. yeah. They were filming at the Marine Garage there. Oh, cool. At the main intersection in Steveston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also they were filming on the Steveston Wharf, a Nickelodeon movie or TV. He wasn't sure what it was called. It made, he said Riptide? Kong? Um, question mark? And they were also filming there today. So some kind of Nickelodeon something. Oh, cool. Is filming. Yeah, there. Nick does do their movies up in Canada. They tend to make their movies in Canada. Yeah, Noah Monk filmed up in yeah. Canada. He did two Twice. movies. Twice, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did two different Swindle movies. And... <clears throat> Swindled and uh, Nicky Deuce. And Nicky yes. Deuce was filmed in Montreal, and Swindle was filmed in Vancouver. Yeah, so Vancouver, which is where they film Once Upon a Time, mm-hmm. especially in Steveston, but there's a lot of shows being filmed oh, in yeah. Vancouver, so there's a huge resurgence of activity there. Mm-hmm. And I'm really happy that they're filming in Steveston because we've been reporting on, you know, the fish store. Nick Fish. Nick of Fish and Marine yeah. is up for sale. Yeah. And also the Cannery Cafe, which doubles as Granny Diner, yeah. Is up for sale. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty sad. Yeah, it is. I think. So. It kind of is. It's actually really good. So if you're up there, go eat there. Yeah, yeah. So go up there, check it out, mm-hmm. and you can eat at the Top Topanod. Oh, Topanod Bistro. Mm-hmm. That's where yeah. the um, Captain Swan's date was. Yeah, you can eat there. Yeah, and eat at Very that table. Food. Very good food. Eat. Anyway, so we will continue on with our podcast here with this. Hey, everybody. Thanks for dropping us a line at feedback at onceuponatimepodcast.com. Let's take a look at what you all had to say. Hey, wait a minute. Where's the mailbag? I got the mailbag right over here. And we have some new emailers. 
And so we thank you for that. But let's start at the top. Let me reach in and get this one right here. This is from Alina. And I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. And it says, my theory is that the apprentice is the one who sent the Snow Queen into the real world. Hmm. Because we know one reason the Snow Queen is doing what she is doing because she wants a family. So, I don't know. Hmm. Could be. Yeah, we don't know how she got into the real world, but clearly she did some way. Now, the question I have is, when she was sent to the real world, did she keep her powers? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Because we know it's possible because the dragon from season two had powers in yes. the real world. So it's not like it's impossible. But the question is, did she keep hers or not? That is a good theory. And we will definitely see how this plays out. Now, I got another email. I didn't get a name at the bottom. And usually that's what I read. So I'm not going to read any name. But this is another email. Okay. Says, hey, y'all love your show, first time writer. My thoughts on Breaking Glass. I felt like Emma's backstory was just rehashed and we've seen so many times before. She trusted someone and got hurt. It did jive well with her and Regina's plot in this episode. Mm-hmm. Those two are amazing together, as always. We agree with that. Mm-hmm. We got to see more of Will than we've seen so far. His line, somebody's already had a nibble, is one of my all-time favorite lines. And <laughs> Mine too. Calling in. Yeah. I thought that was really cute. Sydney betrayed Regina. Didn't see that coming. I don't know if that was kind of a, um, a slide a, a thing. Sarcasm but, or, a, right, or, uh, or being serious. Because it is tough to tell because it was a little bit of a surprise, but at the same time you kind of go, eh. I do like, even though I enjoy Regina's character, I do like Sydney's character kind of taking a step out and saying, you know what? I'm basically tired of being. Well, it gives him so, much more, a little bit, you can almost depth. respect him a little right, more. Yeah, yeah. You can almost respect him a little more. Cause I mean, she's treated him horribly the whole time. Cause He's, if you think, but I'll, but I will say this, sorry, email writer. I will say this, it was his request and his wish gone awry right. that he was captured in that right, mirror. Right, right. So, nope, you know, totally agree. look, we totally could say, agree. oh, well, <clears throat> he was just the the henchman of Regina in season one and, uh, you know, whatever. But, I mean, that was part of his decision. So, anyway, that's my Yeah, but, I mean, the fact that. that he's willing to do whatever she wants, yeah. you know. But let, now let's look at this in full. Now he's serving the Snow Queen, mm-hmm. sort of like mm-hmm. he was serving mm-hmm. Regina. Yeah. But the Snow Queen sprung him out of the mirror, which I don't know how that's all going to play out with Regina either. It'll be interesting to see. Because he's out. He's out. So, again, breaking glass. Yeah, but that doesn't mean she, can, she can't capture him again because we know she's done it twice already. So Yeah. But you, know. you, and, you get out of get out of the mirror card. You've right. got one hanging around. Boy. Right. Anyway, right. I will continue. Elizabeth Mitchell as a Snow Queen is so epic. I really feel she is already taking her place as the best villain we've had yet. She is quietly. She's so quietly evil. She's chilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went there. That's what. <laughs> Uh, that had to be the greatest delivery of I'm going to build a snowman of all time. <laughs> it's nice to know a bit of her end game, although I don't understand the mirror thing yet. Yeah, there's a lot of pieces to this that we don't. Right. I, you see what I did there? Yeah. There's a lot I of do. pieces of this that we don't really understand why yet and, and right. what it all means. We sort of do, but together. I don't. Yeah. So. Uh, we're we're getting closer for yes. sure, but there's still questions. I you know, but I I agree with this this email writer is that yes Elizabeth Mitchell plays bad really mm-hmm. well, and she actually revealed on an interview once that the secret to playing an evil character is not to be loud and boisterous; it's to actually be very quiet mm-hmm. and calm because that's more unsettling than you know somebody who's in your face loud. Yes, she she does it so well. All right, and I will continue. Some negatives. No rumple. No rumple. It was very convenient and easy for Elsa to break out of her chains. And how did Emma just still have that camera? 
Well, we, we, a couple of points there. So how did Elsa break out of her chains? She, she lost her fear. She overcame the fear. And actually, if you remember in the movie, which we never pointed this out in the first thoughts in the movie, she broke out of her confines, which were similar to what oh, the right, Snow right, Queen had right, in the- when Hans had her trapped inside the uh, castle. Granted, the Snow Queen had her in ice chains, which are much stronger than metal chains. Right. But she broke out of both of them and got herself free. That's how she did it. Because yep. she, you know, in in the case with Hans, though, the fear was overwhelming. And that's mm-hmm. what made it unpredictable and uncontrollable. In this case, the fear, she had to overcome it in order to break out of the chains. Um, as far as Emma keeping the camera, she had it with her. And if you listen very closely, it was really hard to hear. We had to rewind it a couple of times and listen to it. When the kid on the videotape is saying, look what the new girl brought with her. So apparently whatever she had on her possession, they assumed it was her possessions. They didn't know she had stolen the camera. And that's what I wanted to say is it's a stolen camera it's a stolen from camera. that yeah, from person's the house. house. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. they didn't know it. So obviously yeah. they didn't check her bag when she went back through the, you know, to the, fo- the next foster home. And then what'll end up and then what it was said was that, you know, when he was messing with her camera and she's like give it back, give it back when Sarah Foster or Fisher right said um, the cameras, Kevin, give it back. The cameras, Emma's. Mm-hmm. So, and she said something about property here. Yeah, you, you need to respect people's property that's in this house. That's like what it that, is. Yeah. So, <clears throat> that's how she was able to keep it. So, clearly, there's a reason why. Mm-hmm. And maybe at that point in time, Sarah knew that eventually she would find Emma again, and she wanted Emma to have a, to have a memory of her. I don't know. I wonder what else is on that video. I would be curious to know, too. So uh, I'll continue with the email. Snow and Charming story just seems silly to me. Okay. I think it fits in with the Excalibur thing. Yeah. I, I, this may be, I think Charming lied to her because I think he did set her up. See, I don't. To, to, believe in herself like he did with the Excalibur thing. I think it was a happy coincidence. Okay. I still think it's All a happy right. coincidence that, that Will broke himself out because that's something that Will would do. He's a he's a knave. Right. He's a thief. So he knows how to break in and out of things, right? But but let's really look at this though. I watched that scene carefully this time. And first of all, we need to talk about uh, Jennifer Goodwin's wonderful outfit. You were mentioning oh, yeah. a few things. Yeah, she was wearing that um, fantastic pumpkin color jacket with black. So it was kind of a Halloween, black yes. and orange kind of a thing yeah. going on, um, which was kind of a fun thing. Um, but he, you were going to say something about that. All right. Scene? So when they were in that park near the oh, beach, yeah. yeah. And she was saying, Look, I've been gone an hour. That's longer than really any start, time, yeah. any good start. I need to go back. And so, you know, he was saying, well, no, I need you to be with me. You know, we're going to track this guy down. He goes, okay, look, look, you go back. I'll take care of this. And he kissed her. And then he walked straight back behind the camera. Mm -hmm. And then she walked straight out away from the camera. Right. Then we cut to the digging, which the way the camera is, is straight the direction that, Charming walked. Charming was leaving. Yeah. To me, that's confusing. At first, I thought it was Charming digging the hole. And I was going, what is he doing? Is is evidence in there or something? (laughs) But then we find out that was Will. So to me, it was almost like he set her up. He went to the sheriff's office to get the walkie-talkie, discovered that Will was gone. Mm -hmm. There's no alarm in that place, by the way, which is incredible. I mean, that's kind of Yeah, but why would there need to be? But I'm just saying. Right. And and so when Charming walked back to the camera, we see the cut in that same direction. Charming didn't see that? Okay. All right. Well, that's the thing so, is that I was a little confused by the fact that Charming took off in, in the direction he did. And then all of a sudden she turns around because she hears right. digging from that same direction. I'm thinking to myself, what? Charming ran that fast? He got away that quickly? Because she took like maybe three steps. I know. So it was uh-huh. a little bit confusing as far as continuity for, for me, me. Look, and, and I'm not trying to overpick and overanalyze this stuff, but it would have been better for me if he, if Charming would have went in a 90 degree angle and walked straight over instead of 
back behind he the camera. He should have gone to the left right? instead of to the right, which is what he did because he was heading in the exact direction of Will. Right. So actually so. – but but again, okay, so on the flip side to kind of smooth this over a little bit, that just means that her tracking skills are still way better than his. Okay. He doesn't have tracking skills. Secondly, he was totally focused on something else. And third, she, you know, that's just, that's who she is. I do, I understand why it might have been a little, you know, less than happy for some viewers, the scenes, because, I mean, it was kind of like, it just didn't fit with the rest of the the storyline. Right. But I will say this, is that what they're doing is they're, they're building us up for Snow coming back to being her normal self. And they've got to do that at some point in time. They've got to figure out how to, you know, they have so many characters and so many storylines and so many things they need to show that I think it's difficult to try and figure out when and where to pull some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that they, you know, it was keeping Will in the, you know, in the, in the forefront of everybody's mind after having seen him in the jail that morning. So it, it kind of fit in with it. Right. It was just, a, it's just a roundabout way to do it. it. It's very much a, you know, they're, they're handling the problem of snow, not wanting to let the baby out of her sight, like a brand new parent, um, like some brand new parents. And we talked about this a little bit on first thoughts, but I think they're doing that because that's a real problem in real world in this day and age, in any age, a mother letting go of her child for any length of time is sometimes, especially like a first baby that she's, and I know it's not her first, but first one she's really taking care of. I think that's the the thing is that it's, it's a tough thing to do. So I think they're just, they're, they're showing real life. The, the thing I, I really took away from, you know, in the email writer is saying the, the stone charming story seemed silly. Mm-hmm. I say this, it really boils down to when she says I'm my old self again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're saying mm-hmm. as well. So however that, that scene or scenes played out, the yeah. end result was she, she said, I finally, or I feel like my old self again, that, that now that's the key. And to me, that's the takeaway. The fact so. is she's mayor now. So when the whole stuff hits the fan, with Snow Queen, which it will, it's coming. Right. We know it's coming. I think everybody's going to have to pitch in to, to defeat her. I don't think it's just going to be, you know, Emma and Regina by themselves. I don't think it's going to be Elsa by herself. I think right. they're all going to have to work together, kind of like they did in Neverland. Sure. And I think that even Snow is going to have to, you know, pitch in a little bit here, especially as the mayor. She's going to have to figure out, out a way to, you know, handle this. So, All right. I will... Continue on uh, with this email. Overall, my least favorite episode this year, but still strong simply because of Elizabeth Mitchell. Mm-hmm. 3.5 slash 5 nibbles, arbitrary scale. He gives us, <laughs> a, this person gives us an arbitrary scale. Yeah. Uh, for. Anyway, thank you so much for that yes. email. We appreciate first email writers and yeah. many email writer <laughs> folks. Yeah. So thanks again for that. All right, our next email is from Mai. So let's jump into Mai's email. A lot of great stuff in there, but I wanted to kind of concise it down. So we're just going to give a little... Concise it down? Yeah. (laughs) Help me out. Condense it down, maybe? (laughs) English is my, I don't know, fifth language, I think. (laughs) I don't have any other languages. Uh All right. I don't even speak Pig Latin that well. All right, so Mai has... Two theories about Lily, and we'll, we'll be talking a lot about Lily here. Sure. So the first is, and through the looking glass, when Alice first meets the White Queen and the White King, mm-hmm. they are looking for their daughter, Lily. Mm. It's canon that Will and Anastasia are the White King and Queen. I, would, I thought they were red. Okay. Anastasia is the Red Queen. Okay. And Will being the Red... He wasn't the king, though. So maybe they, I don't know. I'm not well, sure. She how. married the king or something. She married the red king. Okay. So All how right. did she become the white queen? I don't know. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I, I'm, but okay, let's go with that. Let's assume that they are the white king and queen. Okay. And Emma's friend Lily is an orphan. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the timing works, but it would be an interesting outcome to put Will and Anna more in the story. Okay. Oh, I agree. The second bit more likely this is um so in other words she's saying that lily is really truly will and anastasia's Anastasia's, daughter yeah okay 
All right. That's and, an interesting theory. Mm-hmm. Be very interesting to see how that happens. The second, a bit more likely, this is from my best friend and sister from another, Mr. Lexi. And there's a link to uh, her thoughts. So I'm going to put that in the um, show notes as well. And mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and continue. It could be a nod to Tiger Lily, mm-hmm. which would be very cute. But since we are done with the Neverland uh, storyline, mm-hmm. I don't really know if Adam and Eddie would do that. Um, we'll come back to that. Let me let me read the rest of uh, the thoughts that I, I pulled out here. And we'll talk more about Tiger Lily in a little bit. Sure. There were some myths that say that the star-shaped birthmark means that you are a gift of sight. You have the gift of sight, sorry, Mm. as in seeing things before they happen. Mm -hmm. One thing Lily kept stressing was that she was special and unique Yeah, in that conversation, Mm -hmm. that her and Emma were both special. In that short period of time, they formed a sister-like bond. Mm -hmm. They even promise to never turn their back on each other, but it all goes down the drain when Emma learns she has a family. In the last scene with them together, we find out Lily is adopted and feels invisible. Mm -hmm. For all we know, this may be a hint of what is to come or just a way for her to connect with Emma one last time. Mm -hmm. Could she be the darkness to Emma's light? Is she someone with magic that got sent to a land without magic? Is she a nod to Susan Storm, who could turn invisible and hmm. in Incredibles? You mean right? No, Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four or the Incredibles? No, Incredibles well. would have been Violet, not right, right. But not I'm just Susan another Storm. another character. Well, <laughs> yeah. even Violet said, "I feel invisible." Yeah. And, so. and Violet is another flower. Lily is a okay. flower, so that's right. you know, that's a stretch, a really yeah. huge stretch. But yeah, or Lily Potter, who's Love protected Harry, mm. who truly knows, but Adam and Eddie, why the star birthmark? Mm-hmm. One thing that Adam, Eddie, and the writers do well is picking character names. They have a way of tying it into their personality, a mm-hmm. feature, or even a true piece of information for that character. Lily is one of those names that has a lot of story behind it. For one, the name derives from the flower itself, the mm-hmm. Victorian flower language. The general meaning for a lily is majesty, honor, mm. purity of heart. Mm. The white lily, which usually comes to mind, means virginity, chastity, purity, majesty, mm-hmm. passion, innocence, transition, and youth. And you can see the list is fairly long. The lily even has a place in mythology. Um, and I'm, anyway, I'm going to put the rest of that, but it's a, a symbolic flower of health and provision, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So there, there's a lot of really great great points in here, mm-hmm. just the name itself. Uh, I also really, we touched on it again, but I started thinking more and more about it, is that the, um, oh, I forgot to write this down, but um, Malini, mm-hmm. she tweeted that uh, she's almost certain, and I'm, I'm certain... T- Pretty certain, too, that we saw the cigar box on Emma's table in her apartment in Boston. Mm-hmm. Just, I wanted okay, to that's kind of random. That. I know, but I just, I didn't want to forget. Because <laughs> if I keep talking, I will forget about yeah. it. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about Tiger Lily. So second star to the right, we saw two mm-hmm. star. And Lily was sitting on Emma's right. Right, correct. And also the... When Emma blew out her candle mm-hmm. in the pilot, it was mm-hmm. was star. Mm-hmm. So it's another star. star. Mm-hmm. And but the big question is, but Lily's so young. Sure. If she was Tiger Lily in Neverland, uh, how in the world could that be? But I say to to those people, what about Bay? What about Hook? All these people are hundreds of years old, right? They only started aging when they came to this land, right? On Neverland, they didn't age. Okay. So if Tiger Lily was there, along with you know Neil and uh, Tinkerbell and Hook, not Hook, well, yeah, Hook even, and you know the others, right. I would think that um, she would only start aging when she came here. The other interesting thing is, which by the way, here's another reason why. Here's here's something that would, and I know there's a way to explain it, but. The potential for her being Tiger Lily actually diminished a tiny little bit because if she had been on Neverland, if she was Tiger Lily on Neverland, Hook would have known her. 
And Hook didn't recognize her in the video. True, but, but if, if, again, we're, if we're if talking we're about the memories being, being erased and which, all that. Which, again, if that's the case, okay, I get why they're doing it with Emma and Elsa, but to do it for everybody seems a little yeah. little goofy. I know. I'm just saying. But what if what Tiger Lily is important to the Snow Queen? And that, again, we don't know. So, so many things we don't know right, right. now. But anyway, I just think those kind of things are, are lining up for me. I could be totally wrong. It yeah. wouldn't be the first time. I would be more inclined to but. go with the fact that she is actually Anastasia and Will's daughter. That's what I would be more inclined to think. But again, it's hard to tell timeline. Lots of theories out there. So Lots many, of theories yeah. bouncing around. Folks are saying it's Regina. It's Regina's daughter. So there, there's a multitude of theories right, about right. who this and, Lily and it may is. not be that she's anybody at all. It just could yeah, be right. a you know plot device yeah. to kind of drive the whole drive home the whole point of you know Emma's relationship with her you know mirrors that of hers and Regina's. Yeah, you know, it, we don't know. We don't know if she's if she's significant in any way, shape, or form to anybody. All right, so, I but we'll will, see. We'll see. Yeah. I will continue on with uh, Mai's email. And uh, she's talking about Captain Swan. Says, first of all, the first scene is so adorable. I honestly laughed because they wrote that scene so the audience knows why he's going to be with Emma during the episode because he's become such a big part of her life that his absence had to be explained. Mm -hmm. I wish we had seen Captain Cobra sail the Captain Cobra sailing trip. I'm happy to know it happened at least. It's a huge step for Emma to trust Killian with Henry mm -hmm. because there was a point when she did not. Yeah. Uh, it's one thing to trust him with a memoryless Henry when everyone else is going to be fighting. It's another to trust him with Henry on a normal day. Yeah. By the way, does Henry go to school anymore? It's a, it's a valid question. I guess when your grandma's the mayor it's, and your mom was the mayor, it doesn't really matter. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He has another sick day or something. Uh, all right, and so... For all we know, it was Saturday or Sunday. Yep. We don't know what day it was. So, <clears throat> all right, let's 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 move ahead to the other scene at the end. Um, this episode, when they're watching the video in the sheriff's office, this episode was all about how sad and lonely Emma felt. And it ends with Hook actively seeking her out, being interested in learning about her past. Mm -hmm. And... <clears throat> Sorry, comforting her when she's down. Mm -hmm. This scene is so beautiful and so important for Emma Swan. She's never let anyone in like this before. She's let them be a part of her life, but never a part of her past. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's really where I want to dive into. Is I, I think so many people feel so many, so much passion about this show. Yeah, and you know the one thing I I did like with this scene is it wasn't just about getting a date or getting a kiss or whatever. He was interested in her. And that's really, to me, that was the takeaway. Yeah. It was like, he really is wants to learn about her past. And I love that line. He's being very gentlemanly with her. Yeah. He's not pushing his himself on her. Yeah. He's, he's genuinely very interested in her as a person. And he wants to know more about her. I think it's very sweet. Yeah. So I really, really enjoyed that. And I think those... Those items, even the picture of Neil that she was taking out, that's really exposing the core of you. I think we, we all have boxes of things that really mean something when we're younger or throughout our life. This is our this and this is our that. And to other people, they wouldn't mean anything. But this means something really sure. important to me. And to share that kind of thing, I thought was well, pretty cool. In that so. scene, she, I mean, let's look at this. Emma would not have let him even look at the box before. Yeah, wouldn't have even let right. him near the box. She would have said, no, I'm not going to, I need to look at this alone. She would have been alone with her thoughts, alone with her memories. And in this case, he pulled out the picture of Neil. Right. And he looked at it and he looked up at her and her eyes were very teary, you know, and there was that just look exchange between the two of them where he was like, I think on some level he was okay with it only because... It was, you know, he, he loved Neil too. Yeah. As, you know, as like a son, a stepson. And then he, 
you know, loves Emma and to see the two of them together and know that this is, you know, just a part of the past and it was, it made her who she is. I think he, he understood and appreciated it more. Yeah. And a bit of a stretch, but the last time, well, long time before now we saw a box like that was with, uh, Graham's things. Yeah. In yeah. hook shop. Or I'm sorry. In the gold shop. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, thank you very much, Mai, for that great yeah. email. Um, a lot of good points. Yeah, it's really cool the way she kind of connects the dots and great information about uh, Lily, too. So mm-hmm. thanks, yeah. Mai, for that. This is from Rose. Hi, Jeff and Colleen. I just wanted to write and say I love listening to your podcast every week. Thank you very much, Rose, yeah. for doing that. I started listening at the end of season two. Thank you for thank <laughs> you for it out. sticking it out. Because <laughs> season two was tough. Yes, but at the end, so yeah, probably good. Thanks for taking time to review and discuss my favorite show. I have the same theory as you, Jeff, that Henry will get into little trouble with that sorcerer's hat, much yep. like Mickey did in Fantasia. Yeah. I decided to do my pumpkin this year based on that theory, so I am attaching a photo of my Halloween pumpkin. It was great, by the way, and I will put in the photos nice that i carved it took me six hours to carve this wow that's That's dedication that is dedication and i know how hard it is i've done that i've smelled like pumpkin for a week like (laughs) it's it's something i thought you guys might enjoy too and thank you yes happy halloween to you and colleen and of course the rain dog lady keep those great podcasts coming i love you guys's positive presence presence in a world with negativity big love to you guys thank you much rose for that yeah and we are glad you're getting the big love we are sending all right this is from brad greetings jeff and colleen be careful on those ice steps i hear they're not very sturdy that's true uh, here are some things I learned this week on the episode Breaking Glass. Number one, toaster tarts and water are the cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. That's even with a little nibble <laughs> off. Even just a little nibble. It was so cute. All right, number two, no queen is complete without her Sydney travel and go mirror. That's true. Mm-hmm. And it has great cell coverage or Sydney to mirror go. coverage, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Number three, ice walls hinder cell reception. Who knew? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Number four, Thor arriving in Storybrooke is getting closer all the time. <laughs> and so does uh, what uh, Natalie Portman's character was. Jane say? Foster. Jane Foster. That's not Ooh. far behind either. And you can get Loki and whatever. Foster? Yeah. Foster? Well, Foster's phrase, yeah. No, I was thinking of foster parents. Ah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, number five, the boozy bookworm could be children's, should be children's learning book. That's true. <laughs> About what not to do. Right. Right. Uh, number six, sometimes no CGI is better than bad CGI. I'm looking at you, snow soldier. Ah. He didn't like the. No? He didn't like the snow soldier. Oh, I thought he was kind of cool. Yeah. He was mean and nasty looking, and he could regenerate pretty well. That was kind of creepy. I did kind of enjoy the slamming the the axe against the oh, the shield. That is such a battle clang, move. Clang, clang. That yeah. is such a very battle move. Number seven, maps are only useful when you can remember where you put them. That's true. Otherwise, I you have to was- dig... Yeah, I thought that was pretty ding-dang funny that he... And get the sheriff's wife all... Right. Stuck the map in the sack that he buried. That's pretty funny. Number eight. The Snow Queen may have at one time dated Superman. Uh, Could be. (laughs) Could be. You know, I was thinking about that. I was thinking that would have been a really fun set to dress. Mm -hmm. Because you had to find everything that was white or clear or crystal. You know, it was a really gorgeous set, actually. Number nine, skipping the any given Sunday tip jar has severe ramifications. <laughs> Don't you know it? Definitely. Number 10, there are no online classes for enchantments. Yeah, but there's an online class for everything else. Pretty much. Everything else. Well, maybe the, maybe the problem is that she was looking for an online class. She should have just gone to YouTube. Yeah. Because YouTube has everything. That's true. I mean, how to tie a shoelace, for pity's sake, is <laughs> I'm sure out there. How to tie a double wincer. How to eat toast. Yeah. I mean, 
True. How to say the word the. Well, probably. Probably. All right. Observations. I will continue with Brad's email. Snow Queen, I was impressed to see that the Snow Queen pulled off a double chokehold. Yeah. She is ambidextrous, apparently. I think Emperor Palpatine showed her that. Yeah, she's ambidextrous. Continuity error. And I noticed this in the second time. Did you notice that it was broad daylight when Emma went into Regina's crypt, but completely dark when she came out? Yeah, pretty much. She was only in there for 10 minutes at the most. This was a noticeable continuity error. Yeah. Yeah. But they had to give that spooky thing, voice calling and all this stuff. Yeah. 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 Oh, well. Will Scarlet. Maybe it was right before Twilight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just saying. All right. Will Scarlet, from what I remember on Wonderland, Will left Robin on bad terms when he stole Maleficent's mirror so he and Anastasia could escape to Wonderland. Mm-hmm. This will be the first time Robin has seen him since that incident. Hopefully, Will can redeem himself in the eyes of Robin and can be an asset to the group like he once was. I think he has by helping them find the Snow Queen. Maybe, but he didn't help them find the Snow Queen. But I mean, yeah, well, no, she helped, uh, Will helped Emma with the, the clue about the Snow Queen, who she was, remember? Because of where they broke oh, in yeah, yeah, yeah. and all this. Yeah, so that's he, true. He helped. That's true. He did help to identify who she was. Will, Will will be the first one to say, wait, 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 I helped. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. Don't shoot me with an arrow, Robin. Good point. Let me explain. So, yeah. And it's just as small as it is, he'll still say, I helped, though. Right. Velfi. You are correct about the Velfi, Jeff. According to the Urban Dictionary, a Velfi means a video selfie. Really? Yes. And J.J. Oh. Abrams did one from the okay. Star Wars set, too. Wow. So. That's... I don't even have words for I'm that. teaching the world about these things. Apparently. I still can't use Snapchat, but I'm teaching people about a Velfi, so... Emma and Henry parallel. Henry hopped on a bus at night to leave Boston. Henry hopped on a bus at night to go to Boston. Hmm. Mm. All righty. And Emma apparently left Boston to go wherever she was at night. That's true. She slipped away in the middle of the night. So apparently the best time to go to Boston or leave Boston is in the middle of the night. Yep. And uh, carrying a big book. All right. Well, I mean, the British are coming. Apparently, everything that's important happens in Boston happens at night. True. Uh, Lilith in Narnia. I found this in a Wikipedia article about the White Witch. Although the White Witch appears human, despite her irregular skin color and abnormal height, Narnian rumor holds that she descends from Adam's first wife, Lilith. Hmm. Is this another hint that Sarah Fisher is the White Witch or just a coincidence? I, I love that Brad is helping me in this <laughs> in this quest. Yeah. Because he keeps saying, is this what we're looking for, Jeff? <laughs> like, yes, I well, think it and is. It, it, there's, I mean, it's a great theory. There's nothing that says it's wrong. So thank you, Brad, for that. <laughs> I really appreciate it because yeah. I'm, I'm in, I think, a group of three. There's no. like three of us in the Snow Queen is actually the White Witch from Narnia. Yeah. So anyway, it's 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 a good place to be. It's a little cold. Okay, theories. Lily. It would appear that Lily was just a throwaway character that showed us how Emma is maturing and learning from her mistakes. The thing that doesn't make sense, though, is the star tattoo she has had for as long as she can remember. Those phrase that phrase right there mm-hmm. reminds me of season one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah. When, when, when Snow it, asked Graham, "How long have how, we known each other?" As long as I can remember. Right. Yeah, yeah. I have. I have a feeling she may come back someday with a vendetta against Emma for breaking her promise to always be friends. Maybe. 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 If you look up Lilith in mythology, you will find nothing good about her. She is m- most definitely evil. I don't believe she will be the myth. This mythical person, but they can surely take elements of her characteristics. So, <laughs> Emma's tattoo. Emma said that she wanted to apologize to Lily, but when she realized that it was too late, I believe she got the tattoo of the flower on her left wrist in remembrance of Lily. 
she regretted the decision not to forgive her. So got a tattoo as a constant reminder to forgive and not hold on to her anger and bitterness. Hmm. Yeah. And I just, I, I guess, I guess everybody's different, but to hold on to something for, I, I just, I, I think kids lie about all kinds of stuff. Well, I, especially know, I just, teenage girls, preteen girls, they were what, 12, 13 at the time. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you, 13, 14, if you <laughs> look at that, the, the promises and things said at that age don't typically carry over for very long. Yeah. You know, they're whimsical. They're girls with, you know, changing their minds. And that's a, they, uh, as often as they change clothes. At 14, I said I was going to direct episode seven and it did not happen. So anyway. There was no episode seven at that time. There wasn't even episode two at that I time. I was hoping. All right. So, Marion. new hoping. I will continue. Marion. I mentioned after the season finale, what if Zelina did not die, but instead travel back in time and is now masquerading as Marion? Okay. Mm-hmm. This, to me, would tie everything up neatly without having to get anyone hurt. Just keep the theory alive. And, and that's two things that really kind of bothered me. And, and I know that some people it's actually a happy thing yeah. is that Zelina's storyline's done and Neverland and Peter Pan is done. But I, I thought there was more to go. Well, there's always I, more I, to go, but we just don't know I, if that's the plan. I like I mean, the mythology of Neverland and Peter Pan and there was more to Zelina stuff. But well, some people- let's let's, you know, not worry that we'll never see those things again because as we know with Eddie and Adam they like to bring things back and I like the fact that there is more to tell and we know there's more to tell so they could keep going with this for quite some time and they can revisit things that they've already done which is what they do all the time yep so all right don't give up hope nope burning question when does Emma's superpower ever work even a person with no (laughs) no superpower could tell Emma was lying well, that's a good question. Hmm. All right. You mean Lilith? I think he meant Lilith. Well, that's, you said Lily. Same thing. You said Emma was lying. Oh, Lily. Lily. Okay. Yeah. Emma's superpower. Let me, okay, let me try it again. Let me, let me read it again. When does Emma's superpower ever work? Even a person with no power could tell Lily was lying. There. Right. There that's the go. correct All question. Right. I'm going, Emma wasn't lying. It was Lily. And yeah. yes. You're absolutely right. But again, at 13, she didn't have her superpower. <laughs> Pretty sure. She had to take an online class. Ah, see what I did? Okay. Oh, you're funny. So I want to do something. This may not be the wisest thing, but I, I do want to say this. I've seen a lot of things on Twitter lately, and people are just not happy. Just just not happy with once upon a time and people are not watching or they're watching and they're vocalizing what's and that's that's fine you can vocalize it you are welcome to have those opinions we're not saying you can't be unhappy about that stuff but i think it's the how the unhappiness is expressed is what what worries me sometimes about some of the fans i get that they're unhappy that certain characters are no longer on the show i get that they're unhappy that the storylines don't follow the way they think that it should have happened and i've i've seen people go so far as this is ridiculous i can't believe this and you guys should don't you dare do this i mean attacking eddie and adam on online you know don't you dare do this or guys if you're not doing this, that's great, and we're glad that you're not. But if you know people who are, I mean, we need to remind people that, hey, we're all supposed to be oncers. Right. Well, let me just say this, is that we need to really appreciate the fact that Once Upon a Time is on television. Yeah. There are people that went up and down and uh, all around when Lost was on and mm-hmm. Sopranos were on and mm-hmm. all these other shows, Breaking Bad and all that, those shows are no longer on. So my thing is this. Enjoy the time now as a oncer. I really believe that oncers that are a 
solid group of fans Mm -hmm. can really do some great things. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take 10 minutes to start looking on certain hashtags and this and that to see that there are once or fans that are just not happy. And the way they express themselves is they attack the cast. They attack the producers. Mm -hmm. They attack other people involved with the show. They Mm -hmm. attack other people that don't like the characters they do. Those types of, that's not how to handle your passion Mm -hmm. of the show. Right. My opinion. Nope. I would agree with you. So let's try as oncers to be a family to even try and get along with another oncer that maybe doesn't like the character or the situation that you do like you. We're all oncers. The fact is, is the people that don't watch anymore, they're taking viewings away from the show that they loved, Mm -hmm. that they dressed up as Mm -hmm. at a convention, Mm -hmm. that they had a, Tumblr account or this and that and something else. We need to remember that we're all oncers, Mm -hmm. whether we like this character or that character. And plus, we need to really encourage each other. You know, that's why at the end, I always say the same thing. We need to be a force of good. There there is great things can be done where we're all on the same team. And we all don't agree on every little tiny thing, but sure. we do all say, I love Once Upon a Time. You know? Overall. Overall. As and I a think whole. that's really what I hope to see. And if you can help that process, that would be great. You know, when people attack, don't attack back. Be the bigger person, mm-hmm. be the person to make the tough right decision. Instead of that quick wrong decision, please. That's, yeah, that's that's all I wanted to say. So no, I'm with you. I'm with you. It sometimes take a moment to just wait before you tweet that out, before you post that on Tumblr, or before you post that status update or response or comment on Facebook. Just take a minute and say, man. I'm really upset about this. How should I respond? Let me let me t- let me just take a walk. Let me get away. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I forget sometimes that I can set the phone down and walk away. That I can walk away from the computer. That I can not respond because you do, you know, feel upset. Mm-hmm. So let's let's be oncers again. Let's not be these little subgroups of, well, I like only this part of Once Upon a Time. Let's remember that we're all oncers. Let's try to all get along. Let's try to encourage each other in the fact that we all love Once Upon a Time. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. That, that's what I wanted to say. The more you know. <laughs> yeah, the more you know. <laughs> all right. So thank you for listening to that from us. I want to talk about a fun podcast. It's called The Deuce Cast. Mm-hmm. It's most of the time it's three guys and sit around and they discuss movies. And it's very entertaining. And it's called The Deuce Cast. And there's Mikey, Pinky, and Dave. And they're pretty interesting. They, they talk about a lot of different, and sometimes they'll have these movie, um, they, will task someone to watch a movie that they've never watched. Mm. And sometimes they'll come back and say, that was the greatest movie in the whole world. Or they'll say, that was the worst movie I've ever seen, but I love this. Yeah. And so it's, it's really a lot of fun. And they watch newer movies and they watch old classic movies. Lately, they've been talking about Halloween films mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing. But it's, uh, it's fun stuff. And it's, it's located in the South. So you hear some Southern accents coming out. Nice. And, one of the I can't remember which guy it was. They, they film a lot of movies in that area, and so they have brothers and cousins, family members that worked on certain movies. Very and, cool. So it's really interesting. So check out the Deuce Cast, and I think that's all we've got. Okay. So let me end the show like I've tried to end every show that we've done thus far. Is I want to send big love out to everybody, mm-hmm. and. 
Big love is love so big that you can't keep it all. And take what you need. Sometimes we need a little bit. Sometimes we need a lot. But take what you need and pass on the rest to somebody else. Because we all need it. All of us. Every single one of us. And um, I also want to quickly mention that we had a couple of really great iTunes reviews. But they have disappeared from iTunes for some reason. They will return, and then when when they do, I will thank the folks sure. that left them. Yeah. So let's pass on some big love, please. Thank you so much for listening to us, however you found us. And um, we will continue on. Please don't miss the next first thoughts. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say anything else. We all have little surprises here and there, and we have got a surprise for you. Yes, we do. So make sure that you get everyone that you know that's a oncer to listen to the next First Thoughts. Yes. Until then, this is Jeff and Colleen saying bye-bye, take care, and we'll talk to you soon. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Rony Zone media production. Please contact or connect with us. You may hear your comments on an upcoming episode. We're on Twitter at OUAT Podcast, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OUAT Podcast, or leave a comment at the show notes. Contact us via email at feedback at once upon a time podcast.com or leave a voicemail at 657 333 Until next time, spread a little big love around. Rumpelstiltskin was voiced by Brad Pogress, and Teddy was voiced by me, the voice of Steve. You can check out my podcast, the voice of Steve podcast, free on iTunes. Say hi at facebook.com slash voice of Steve, or see what I'm doing over on Twitter, at The VOS Show. Check out everything I do, from the podcast to voiceovers. I even have a blog sometimes at thevoiceofsteve.com. Hope to see you around, and thanks again for listening to the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast.